You're listening to the Horsefest podcast with the founders of Horsefest. I'm Thea. And hello, this is Heidi. Each podcast is dedicated to you and your passion for everything horse. We'll be speaking to elite riders, equestrian experts and special guests, all focused on bringing you inspiration, insights and learning in a way that our horse tribe will enjoy. In today's podcast, we're joined by the incredibly experienced, qualified saddle fitter and president of the Society of Master Saddlers, B. Blakeman. So, B, welcome to the Horse Fest podcast. Thank you so oh, much for having me. We're it's delighted. Good to be here. And we'd love our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So, um, I'm wondering if, just first of all, you could tell us a little bit about your passion for horses and where it all started. Oh, I don't really remember where it started. I just don't remember them not being part of my life, really, um, apart from when I was away at school. So I've, I've always had horses around me. We had horses at home and I learned to ride on Sonny, the little Welsh pony that was quite cheeky and deposited near the <laughs> gate more often than at not. When he'd had enough, he just used to do a drop the shoulder and off I came and off you get back on. Come on, this will make you a better rider. Um, so, yeah, they've just always been around. I've never been a competitive rider. I've just enjoyed being around horses. And my mum owned a number of show jumpers and uh, we used to follow those and um, they were ridden by a professional um, and I often went grooming and helped out and, and now obviously my work life I get my horsey fix every day through through work so it's 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 good to have oh, them around. Do you still ride? I don't anymore no I kind of gave up late 20s because I'm a bit of a perfectionist so if I can't do something well I try not to do it because I disappoint myself I know that's a bit <laughs> defeatist but um yeah I just I just enjoy being around them and you know even take I had like little mini Shetlands for a, a few years and I just enjoyed looking after them so I think if I didn't do horses for a day job then it might be a different story um but yeah I certainly get enough of horse of a fix um in work and then I come home and just relax and, and switch yeah. the horse it's interesting isn't it you can get pleasure from them just by like you say by being around them you don't always have to be on top absolutely so, no, that's really interesting to hear yeah I've just um say rescue uh, baby copies between one and two oh. oh, he's ridiculously <laughs> cute in fact I need to post on social media this morning. He climbed up the muck heap again and was nibbling the top of a hedge from the, from, uh, from the top of the muck heap. He's so cute. <laughs> oh, and, lovely. <laughs> and there's no chance ever of me riding him, but I just love him being around and looking after him. It's, it's just wonderful. Yeah. I mean, we had these little Shetlands and we used to call them shitties, oh, yeah. I'm allowed to say that, because they were, ju I mean, we had them for like 26 years and they were full brothers and they just caused... You know, just May. mischief everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and but and when you had their teeth done or anything like that, it was a massive job, and you're on your hands and knees trying to scoop up this pony, and it wants to rear up and kind of paw you. And it was, I was just thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> but they're just too cute. They're just oh, too cute. So love them. Nice to have them for so long. And so um, you don't ride now, but you are absolutely passionate about keeping horses healthy and happy through your work of course um so tell us how did you get involved in saddle fitting um in the first place uh 
Yeah, it was very much the family business is, is Crew Saddlery, and that was a retail store that was set up in uh, 1970. So I was born in 73, so I used to toddle around there and, you know, I was kind of brought up in the shop, learning the ropes from very uh, a very young age. And we'd always specialised in saddles and fitting. So it was kind of a natural progression to, to go on to gain my qualified saddle fitter status and um you know i it's it's a job that i love and you learn all the time it's um saddle fitting might seem simple in some respects and there's key points that you need to follow but every saddle fitter will tell you will come across a challenge every week every month and it's it's problem solving sometimes and uh, you know you often drive up and you get out of the van and think oh i hope it's not that horse that's, tied up <laughs> over there. that's gonna really challenge my brain but it's great and there's so much now we can do to learn not just about primarily saddle fitting but how the horse feels you know how it works the research that's available to us now so you know we add that into our bank of knowledge and hopefully that makes us better saddle fitters because we're always trying to learn and there's there's so much cpd isn't there that you do as a saddle fitter i mean we have to to keep our status we have to do so many um or get so many points which i think is is you know so many hours worth of cpd and and i really actually quite enjoy it um because you you just get more empathy. The more you do, the more empathetic you become mm. to a horse. And, you know, the more amazing these creatures are, that they, they tolerate what we do and, you know, enjoy what we do. But we can always do something better. And I think that's a key thing to learn that, you know, we can do it better for the horse. We can do it better for ourselves. And then hopefully the partnership improves as well. And um, I know at Crew, because you've helped me before, um, B, you came on a very windy day. We both nearly got blown away, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. um, and I know at, at Crew, you stock a, a quite a range of brands, don't you? For that reason, that there's so many different shapes and size of horses. Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, for me, saddle fitting is an informed choice. And, and I would never want to be a saddle supplier that just stocks one brand or focuses on one brand because you can't necessarily give that client an informed choice mm. you know and and have that discussion and 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 sometimes we'll see it you'll be on a fitting and you'll try three saddles and one saddle the horse will just go boom mm. that's it and it shows you in the way it's going the rider goes oh my lord i've never had oh. a trough like that you <laughs> yeah. know and 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 so for me i know by offering a good range that means more informed decisions, better decisions, and hopefully that's better for the horse and rider combination. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I've, I've been in the situation before where I've just had one or two saddles to try and I've ended up choosing one, but actually it's not been right. And then long, long term, I've had to, to go back and find another one. So for sure. And, and they're a big investment. And, and sometimes I, I will say to a client, it, there might be the saddle that's £850 that does the job, but there could be the saddle that's £1,400 that does the job that bit better. And to me, I would say if you can afford the, the more expensive one, that is the better option. Or if it means you just put that purchase off for a couple of months, because £800 is still a lot of money to spend when you're not quite feeling it yeah so you know I think it's again that it's down to choice and it's it's hard sometimes with budget but um you know having a choice to a good range is it, it does help yeah, and I think, to make good decisions I think the key point that you keep making is about helping people make choices isn't it so understanding them helping them make informed choices and then like you say they might 
save up for another three or six months to bridge the gap because that that will yeah. give them a saddle that might last them 20 20 years with you know regular fitting etc so yeah absolutely yeah for sure and, and you know it's we're quite a privileged role really being a saddle fitter because you're almost like a gatekeeper you know you're opening that gate to try a selection you know and we'll narrow down that selection to uh, to what suits your horse's profile and shape and then you get to make the final decision for what your bottom's comfortable um, so, you know so uh, and and then you know we might critique not necessarily on your riding ability or style but what naturally puts you in a better position you know and, and that's part of the saddle fitter's role as well as fitting the horse is making sure that it works for the rider and the rider's angles as it were actually uh, um, so that's quite that is really quite funny because um a few days ago i had i've got two jump saddles and one of them is more comfy for me than the other and i took i had a check and, and i said um um okay I'm really prepared to ride in the less comfortable one if it's better for him let me know but whoopee the more comfortable one also fitted him so he's all fine absolutely and um you're also you've also stepped into the role of president of the um, society of master saddlers how did that come about and what does that involve Oh, well, it, it's quite uh, it's quite involving at the moment uh, being president. But uh, I mean, I've been in the industry now for kind of 25 plus years and it just felt like it was the right time to to kind of give something back and um, and be part of forming the Society of Master Saddles for the future. Um, so back in, I think it was 2017, I was voted on to the executive and in my usual style, I just get stuck in and I was helping out with some training, delivery and marketing. Uh, and then I was asked to consider if I would stand to be um, a junior vice president. So it, it becomes like a four year process. So um, if if voted to or approved, then I became junior vice president, then vice president. This year I'm president and then next year I'm ex officio. <laughs> It's, it's kind of it's, it sounds it's, it's a four-year commitment yeah it does um, but it's, it's something I'm really enjoying and it makes me think a little bit differently and it, it's quite fulfilling albeit challenging and and my kind of mantra I suppose for, for my presidential year was to to add value to our members and and by adding value to our members then they add value to their clients you know so that's hopefully what we're, we're always trying to aim for um, in the society. And um, we're very excited, especially as your president, having done a very presidential saddle fitting as a case study uh, for us for our absolutely lovely equestrian writer, Steph Bateman's horse, Tilda, recently. And you've used this to help write an article about saddle fitting for us uh, and the importance of, of having a comfortable horse and, and saddle, as we were saying earlier. Now, this will be available to read for our membership community which is called horse tribe and that's on um you can have a look for that on www.horsefest.org and join the tribe so what are the, some of the key points that you cover in your article be uh, i mean we go through aspects of you know ill-fitting saddles how can they affect the horse's comfort and performance and their ability to move uh, and that could be something like shortening a stride or bad transitions, as, as things like that. And, and an ill-fitting saddle might also have a knock-on effect for the rider's balance and comfort as well. And, and sometimes when you're in that scenario, people aren't aware of that because they're just used to riding in that particular saddle. And, and over time, your body just adapts. But it was also a, a, about creating awareness that 
it's not just the saddle that has an effect on the horse. The horse has an effect on the saddle and the rider has an effect on the saddle. So their way of going um, can make it hard for the saddle to stay still for want of a, a better way of looking at it because you've got two moving dynamics on with a static object in between. So that static object is going to reflect any asymmetry and translate that um, by moving one way, perhaps to the other or front to back. And, and Matilda um, was an example of this and her asymmetry created this saddle shift, which we then had to counterbalance to improve stability for Steph, mm. the rider, but also to improve stability for her. So she was able to you know, move forward more freely um, and Steph was also is, is also very long in her length of leg. So we had to consider that angle of femur hip to knee. And what we found is that we actually put Steph's stirrups down a couple of holes. So the whole look kind of just worked better together. Um, and, and so it was, it was really interesting to, to you know, be part of that saddle check because Matilda's such a she was a really cute little horse to work with and, and ever so forgiving to the lengthy process that it was that we went through to, you know, make all the necessary checks. So um, and, and I think we, we probably will need to see her again in three months time to make sure the fit is optimal, really. So it's an interesting um, uh, point that's really important, actually, to see the horse ridden um and take into consideration i mean things like length of leg and um yeah it's incredible what you've got to think about in terms of the biomechanics of the rider as, as well as what Absol fits the horse yeah absolutely and the dynamic changes so you can put a saddle on static and you think oh this looks really good and then you're walking it and you think oh that's a little bit tipped back but then the way the horse moves and the way they lift their core or lift their back up suddenly you're like oh my lord that looks tip forward I wasn't expecting that so to have a saddle fitting done correctly you have to do the ridden process it can't be just done at the static level and and be ticked off and there's very rare occasions where we would do that and that might be for a horse that's not actually backed so you're just going out to do a pre-fitting to make sure the saddle that they're lunging in and going to be backed in is as close as it can be um, but obviously it wouldn't be safe to do a full saddle fitting walk trot on canter. That's something that's not been sat <laughs> yeah. on. So mm -hmm. there's, there's very rare occurrences that you shouldn't um, shouldn't ride the horse. Uh, and, and that might be sometimes if, if they're in rehab. And again, same with a young unbacked horse. You've just got to make sure everything's right to start them off. But be back there within kind of two to, to eight weeks, depending on. Yeah, yeah. I was fascinated reading the article actually because uh, although we've spoken to um, quite a lot before actually reading the article and seeing the depth of the process that you go through and the thinking that's in there is, is really 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 helpful so definitely recommend that to people yeah. definitely and it is a, it is a process and for sure you've got to do your thorough horse assessment because that's where you learn and, and can make and form an idea in your head of what might go wrong or what might be a problem or what might work you know and and it's important to have that information it's not as simple as just popping a saddle on you've got three fingers yeah. clearance and off you go you know there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot lot more to consider yeah, absolutely sure. um just moving away from saddle fitting for a moment now um a different question about about your horsey life so what's been your most memorable horsey moment so far Oh, well, I mean, I've fallen off on a 20 metre circle because I've chatted too much and the horse didn't spook. So that, you know, that might be one that's always a good memory. But um, 
for me, we used to own a horse um, called the Aviator. He was a show jumper and we'd had him since he was a yearling. And um, he, he'd he gone over to Spruce Meadows, Spruce Meadows in Canada mm-hmm. and competed over there. So that was super exciting. But then he um, we went to the Horse of the Year show and he was in the Grand Prix mm-hmm. there. Um, and he came fifth oh, with the wow. big boys, you oh, know, Tim exciting. Stockdale. There was John Whitaker, and I mean, it's, this is about 20 years ago, but it was just like the proudest moment because it was like, here is Cheeky, that was his stable <laughs> name. And, you know, he was 16-1 and he looked relatively small compared to, to the others in the class. And he just jumped his heart out. His little front legs were just like as curled up as they can be. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. And it was, it was my mum's horse and her pride and joy. And she'd passed away kind of 12 months earlier so it was really kind of the icing on the cake it was it was lovely to 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 see him achieve and after that he could do what he wanted oh, that's amazing oh, <laughs> happy retirement having yeah exactly. and with a name like the aviator it, that's a definite flying jumping horse isn't it yeah. <laughs> and it, and he had his i think his dad was Tom Ford, <laughs> so, so that's where that came from so <laughs> uh wonderful and what's the biggest challenge for you in your equestrian career so far and how did you overcome it I mean I think every day can be a challenge when you're a saddle fitter but I actually think you know the last 12 months for me has been the biggest challenge just um you know when the first lockdown hit I mean everybody was what is going on you know I had to kind of pause my business for eight weeks which was sends you into a panic um you know it, it was just an unfamiliar territory I'm, I'm trying to support my team you know we've got clients that the waiting list kind of built up to like 350 and you're thinking how am I going to manage it and and then your SMS side you want to kind of support be you know offer a framework of support for the sms members so i mean it just meant working harder and longer um to to kind of navigate the roller coaster really but you know we're here we're safe we're healthy and very thankful for it but yeah i'd say the last 12 months has definitely been the most challenging yeah it's very 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 challenging not to end up in burnout isn't it when when you've got to work as you say harder and longer and support people yeah Definitely. And, and I think, you know, now it's we're, we're getting close, aren't we? We're getting close to some light at the end of the tunnel and, and a little bit of normality. And it makes it easier to then relax and, and, and perhaps you know, do an, an odd weekend here and there for sure. Yeah. Well, lightening it to um, a funny story. So we'll switch from oh. from COVID to a funny story. Any funny stories from your time as a saddle fitter? <laughs> I mean, it's it's hot. Every day can be a funny story. But, uh, oh, I mean, as a saddle fitter, well, I've had a horse jump over the bonnet. Of the car. Uh, not quite sure how we got there, but it was one of those slow motion moments. And, and yeah. Did he clear it? Right. <laughs> well, it was a bit awkward. It kind of kind of jumped and then got stuck between the fence and my bonnet oh. so he was like straddled not on the bonnet just he was a very tall horse but yeah that was something <laughs> I didn't imagine when I went to work that day and and then we sometimes well only once it's just an excited kiddie pee on the saddle but <laughs> <laughs> these things happen <laughs> a little accident oh <laughs> yeah it's quite varied then as a saddle fitter isn't yeah, it yeah <laughs> definitely yeah you never know what you're gonna Brilliant. get <laughs> love that um and finally um b we'd love you to pass on a really relatable tip um to the horse tribe what would that be 
or most definitely keep up with your regular saddle checks every six months at minimum. More frequently, if you've got any horse in rehab or, or, or with ongoing issues or if they're growing and changing shape a lot, and you know, get your saddle checked. Even if you haven't got a problem, you could stop a problem before it starts. Um, and if you have got a problem, it's good to tick it off the list um, in case it's a contributing factor or not. And you can find your registered qualified saddle fitters on the mastersaddlers.co.uk. Fantastic. It's one of those things, isn't it, that we should put into our into our heads, like our vaccinations and the teeth and so on. But we don't always do it. Absolutely. I know I've been guilty of not doing, not having my saddle checked regularly enough, but um, certainly something I'm doing now. Because, yeah, definitely the best way to avoid problems, like you say. For sure. Nice to hear. <laughs> <on> <laughs> <board>. <laughs> oh, well, we've really enjoyed speaking to you, B, and um, helping our listeners to get to know you better. So thank you. Oh, it's been lovely. It's been so thank you so much for joining. Um, joining us on the Horse Fest podcast. No Fabulous. And, and good luck with everything. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much, B. Have a great week. Take care. You Bye. too. Bye, Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Horse Fest podcast. We'd love you to subscribe, rate and review the podcast and share it with your horse tribe. Keep tuning in for more episodes with elite riders, equestrian experts and special guests.